So I'm going to start out showing you a picture of my parents. This is my parents in 1968. They are old school. They were old school in 1968. If there's one thing that that picture says, they're old school, right? <laughs> and, um, and we celebrate old school, um, right? It's kind of a thing. Think being old, being old school isn't, wasn't always that great. I mean, there were parts of it that weren't so hot. But I actually found a list. If you had old school parents like me, I found a list of what you can learn from old school parents. So it's called Mama, Things Mothers Taught Us. Mama taught us the power of prayer when she said, you better pray that comes out of the carpet. Mama taught us the power of a job well done, saying, if you're going to kill each other, just go outside because I finished cleaning. <laughs> Mama taught us the power of irony, and this one you might need to think about. Mama taught us the power of irony when she said, shut your mouth and finish your supper. <laughs> Mama taught us the power of time travel. Now, again, all of these things shouldn't have been said and they didn't always happen, but this is one of those. But it was said for, from old school parents, straighten up or I'll knock you into next week. <laughs> Mama taught us the power of weather. Looks like a tornado went through your room. Mama taught us the power of genetics when she said, oh, you're acting just like your father. <laughs> and mama taught us the power of logic when she said, why? Because I said so. That is right. And so we hear our parents' voices. We hear our parents' voices in our heads when they're not there. That, that was the power of old school parents. When you left the house, your, the dialogue of your parents was still going in your head, hoping to guide your behavior and to make you stay right. And then after they're long gone, when we've grown and we've gone, and then eventually they're gone, their voices still inform us. And that is incarnation. That is the incarnational power in our lives. We've been talking about that in our series on incarnation, and people don't exactly know what incarnation means. That is the spiritual embodiment of another. And when our parents live on in the voices in our head, we, they are incarnate in us. Now we talk about, um, again, in this series, we've been talking about incarnation, and we talk about um, our God as being incarnate. And again, just as a reminder, in, it comes from the Latin, in means in, incarnate means carna, it means a bodied, being in one's body, or being an embodied presence. And so that's what we believe about God, that God came to the earth in the person of Jesus, was embodied in the earth, lived to show us how to live, died to forgive our sins, and then rose to be incarnate again to show us that we have that promise of eternal life and that our sin doesn't have the last word. Now, there are some things that go along with being incarnate that we are focusing on which is why we call the series Keeping It Real, because an incarnate presence is a real presence, but we are called to be real with one another. This honesty is super important. That honesty is a part of being incarnate, and that leads to an intimacy. So honesty leads to, if, if you're not honest, you're not gonna be intimate. If, um, if, if you're struggling with your in intimacy, then there's probably problems with honesty. These concepts are very much linked together and with and for one another, right? 
So God calls us to be real, and that's why this is such an important thing to recognize on Mother's Day, right? Because our mothers literally birth us. There's an intimacy there that cannot be replicated in any other way. And that's why this is so hard. So again, if you're, if you're struggling um, on Mother's Day, if there's brokenness in that relationship, or if you're grieving the loss of your mother, that's why today is so hard. And we recognize that Mother's Day is not an easy day for everyone, that it is an extremely difficult day for some. And so we just, I mean, I've, I've lived through that personally. And so know that if today is a hard day for you, that you are in my prayers. And we are praying today for everyone who is broken today. Well, as, when Rose and I went to become parents, I, uh, we, we started this parental journey. I, I had a little windows of insights because I have a half-sister who was born when I was 12, so I grew up um, you know, caring for um, an infant and understanding what that meant. Um, Back in the old school days, um, spreading your kids out was more of a, a care strategy, right? <laughs> so, um, and so I got to care for my sister a lot and learn a lot of what it meant to be a parent ahead of time. And what I told Rose, even before Emily was born, is I said, I'm always going to be second fiddle. I realize that. I will always be second fiddle. First of all, I'm not food source, you know. So let's just name that. And secondly, she had a nine-month head start loving this child and being loved by this child before this child even knew who I was, right? And so, um, you know, mothers always get a head start with infant children. And what we fail to recognize, at least maybe name, and we recognize at a subconscious level, is that relationship, that mother to newborn relationship is just about what it should be for us with God. That's the level of intimacy, that's the level of love that we are to have with our God in heaven above. And that's a struggle for us. That's where we fail. Because we don't try very hard at that, right? God is always far more interested and willing to reach out to us and to love us than we ever are to reach out back and to love and care for God. And so we get stuck. We see the model of what it's supposed to look like, what um, that love is supposed to be by looking at the institution of mothers, which is why Mother's Day is so important to us. But we fail. And it's in this way that we hear about our God being a compassionate God. And we're going to hear a little bit more about that from Allie's song in a little while. But that's why we understand our God to be so compassionate. Because, you know, we're raised with um, religious institutions that tell us that if we're, we sin, we're going to get punished. We see Old Testament stuff where there's mistakes and then there's punishment. And so there's all of this hard stuff. We believe that um, if we fall short, God's going to get us. And at the end of the day, I believe that we don't get what we deserve, that God is super compassionate to us. God is always reaching out, loving and forgiving us, so much so that he sent a very portion of himself in Jesus Christ to die for us, right? So we have this hard time understanding this level of a compassionate God. But what will help us understand is this 
incarnate, passionate love that a mother has for her newborn. That's what it's all about. So in this series, um, we've been trying to give concrete examples of incarnation. And, um, and so I, for me, the, the single greatest example of this is the movie Forrest Gump. Now, um, how, how many of you have not seen the movie Forrest Gump? Like three, three people, four people. Was it, it probably came out before you were born, at least a couple of you. So, but yeah, so uh, I know you probably think, oh, that's just a fun movie and it's just a romp through American history. No, it is a theological statement wrapped in a romp through American history. And you have to understand that this movie is primarily a theological movie more than anything else. So let's just recap, right? So Forrest was raised by a mother who always embodied wisdom and taught him the wisdom that he needed, right? Life is like a, you never know what you're gonna get. That's right. And so, and that's actually a theological statement. We'll hear more about that in a minute. And so, and Forrest, by today's standards, would be considered on the spectrum, right? And so he had challenges. And yet his mama always watched out for him, always gave him um, wisdom. From the time he was little, he was smitten by the neighbor girl, Jenny, who grew up in an abusive household, and she was, quite frankly, unable to receive love. She was so broken by her experience as a child that she was extremely self-destructive. They tried to love once, and it didn't really go very well. And at the end of her life, Jenny purposely reconnects with Forrest because um, two things. One is she wanted to let him know that he fathered a child with her that he did not know about, little Forrest, who was six years old. And the other thing was that she had HIV AIDS, and this was in the 80s, and there was nothing that folks could really do about that, and so she was dying. So she wanted him to begin to care for little Forrest. Well, Mama had died at home in the bed, and here we find ourselves years later with Jenny in that same place, coming home to Forrest's home so that he could care for her as she died in the same way that he took care of the mama who gave him so much wisdom. And there's a lot of life that they miss. He spent a lot of time, as you remember, running um, to try to find um, a, um, relief from the fact that she would not requite his love. And she asks him a simple question and he summarizes his life you probably never heard it with this lens on it before, but listen to the incarnation that is so present in this scene. Let's take a watch. Hey, Forrest. Were you scared in Vietnam? Yes. What? I don't know. Sometimes it would stop raining long enough for the stars to come out. And then it was nice. It was like just before the sun goes to bed down on the bayou. Those old million sparkles on the water. Like that mountain lake that was so clear, Jenny. It looked like there were two skies, one on top of the other. 
and then in the desert, when the sun comes up, I couldn't tell where heaven stopped and the earth began. It was so beautiful. I wish I could have been there with you. So again, that is incarnation, right? When we carry the love of one with another, that love embodies and goes forward. Now, that's part of what we hear in the scene, and we'll show you a, a bit more. And um, then we get to the incarnation part about um, Little Forest, right? Um, how much Big Forest, Forest was worried with his challenges, that little forest would wind up being like him, and yet what we see is they're very much alike in some ways, and yet little forest also embodies his mother, and she lives on in him. Now, as part of that, there's the whole theological conundrum, right, which is what the movie's really about. You're going to have to rewatch it, or, uh, right, because it really is about whether or not we're all just random, as Mama said, life is like a box of chocolates, or if it's Lieutenant Dan, whether or not everything's scripted and we have a purpose and we have a destiny, right? That is what the movie's about, by the way. You need to start watching movies with me if you wanna get them. <laughs> and so, um, and then with that, we can, again, see this whole, um, Understanding of incarnation and just little forest living on and through and the importance of that going forward in life. Let's take a watch. You died on a Saturday morning. I had you placed here under a tree. And I had that house of your father bulldozed to the ground. Mama always said dying was a part of life. I sure wish it was. Little Forrest is doing just fine. But about to start school again soon. I make his breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day. I make sure he combs his hair, brushes his teeth every day. Teaching him how to play ping pong. Okay. He's really good. Force you go. We fish a lot. And every night we read a book. She's so smart, Jenny. You'd be so proud of him. I am. He wrote you a, a letter. 
and he says, I can't read it. Not supposed to, so I just leave it here for you. I don't know if Mama was right or if it if it's Lieutenant Dan. I don't know if we each have a destiny or if we're all just floating around accidental like on a breeze. But I, I think maybe it's both. Maybe both is happening at the same time. I miss you, Jenny. If there's anything you need, I won't be far away. Earlier in the movie, when Jenny was running with Forrest to escape her abusive father, she paused in the cornfield and she said, pray with me, Forrest. And then she prayed to God, God, make me a bird. Take me far, far away. The birds put a nice bow on that. We have the assurance of where she is. Little Forrest wrote a note. Don't forget your homework assignment to write a note. Now, we are so blessed by this compassionate love of God who loves us like the mother to a newborn infant. Be aware of that level of intimacy that your God has in love for you love your mothers in the same way I hope and pray that you will be able to keep it real and that today will be for you a happy Mother's Day Amen